1: guys, welcome back to the Six Figure Podcast, Rebels. Britt here. We have another exciting interview today. The guest I'm bringing on has been an entrepreneur since 1999, the creator of Optimal Performance Academy, speaker, author of three books, mentor, world traveler, and the host of Life's Little Lessons. With a passion to enrich the lives of other, others and make the world a better place one mind at a time, can we please welcome welcome on Kevin Dunlap? Thanks for jumping on. Buddy, how's it going?
2: It's going I'm glad to be here.
1: Awesome, awesome. So, we're going to have some great conversation in with uh within what you're doing with your business, talking about some of the podcasts you've done, um, you know, some takeaways and some wins, maybe we'll go over some challenges, but we'll overall we'll have a great conversation uh, in regards to that. But before we really jump into it, do you might just, you know, giving us a little bit of a background, like um, tell us a little bit more about yourself and how you got to where you are today, because it sounds like you're kicking butt <laughs> and it's, it all sounds well, fabulous.
2: Well, I mean, it, it all started back when I had a job. You know, I, I was working for right. Corporate America. I was, I was working on a project. Most of you guys probably not heard about in quite some time. I was a computer programmer working on something okay. that as Y2K. So if you remember Y2K was y the big mm-hmm. universal uh, world uh, uh, upcoming disaster that was going to go. So I was working for for a a bank uh, okay. I, well, I was subcontracted for a bank. And I ended up going on on vacation this was in June of 1999 and so it's uh, no we'll, uh, I was in between gigs I was about to get know get my next gig. So, uh, right. so I'm kind of in between. Maybe go and take my two weeks vacation, and I, you know, since I'm kind of just in a, in a holding pattern, within like one or two weeks after coming back from my two weeks vacation, my uh, my boss uh, called me up. And says, "Well, we can't find you another gig, so we're going to have to let you go, or they're going to downsize me." And then they said, "Well, since we're down downsizing you, like uh, in July, you didn't earn that second week of vacation, so we're going to take that out of your out of your final paycheck," oh. which basically left my final paycheck as a big fat do
1: Right.
2: So at Very that unfair. time, I swore I would never work for corporate America full time again. And to right. this date, I have not working. I've not had a corporate job full time since 1999 when that happened. Uh, so and that's that, when you
1: become basically, became an I'm, entrepreneur.
2: I never thought about becoming an entrepreneur because I always thought you had to be rich to be uh, to start your own business. And mm-hmm. I, was, I remember I was looking through the newspaper and I saw this ad that what and this is the newspaper, not a one ad on Facebook or Yahoo or whatever. Right. I was reading through the newspaper and I saw an ad that interested me. I called and they had me come down for an, uh, an interview. And what it ended up being, it was an opportunity meeting for a network marketing company. So... But I actually liked their product. I liked I liked the fact that they had a, a training aspect. And that's when right. I realized I did not have to be rich to start my own business. And that was my very first business was working full time for a network marketing company. Unfortunately, gotcha. they went out of business nine months later. And that kind of left me uh, under, like wondering what I would do next. And within a couple of years, I started my first uh, real estate investment and uh, consultation company, which I which lasted for over 18 years. So Incredible. Now, now, yeah. say
1: that again. Incredible. And congrats on that. Well, thank
2: you. And then I realized that you know, there's so many things that I've learned as an entrepreneur, either by taking classes and by reading books, by I have mentors and all that stuff. Uh, right. that about six, six, nine months ago, I decided I would actually switch gears instead of being in, in real estate. Uh, the consultation is and now I want to work with other entrepreneurs, helping them get started uh, with their businesses. So they don't have to go through that multi-year, try to get everything done on a slow basis and, and try to learn as you go. It's like, why don't I just help you fast track your way uh, uh, to starting and or growing your business? So that is what I'm doing now is I, I work with entrepreneurs to help them make the transition, number one, to become an entrepreneur, and then number two, uh, to create a second, third, and possibly even a fourth stream of income uh, in your business, so you're not always reliant on just that one stream of income, which is usually trading time right. for money for uh, one person at a time.
1: Absolutely. So and so, and you're working with them like um, with le- uh, doing business that creates leverage and stuff like that.
2: Yes, I mean, because I, I work with, like so I leverage my time, so I, I, if I'm going to be uh, doing uh, uh, coaching, it's going to be more on the uh, uh, small groups, because I see that instead of having one person at a time, they find help 10 people at a time, a lot of times that person number five will have questions that number three never thought about, but now number five is actually helping number three, because the questions that they have. So I, I, right. I've i realized that, Um that when you're helping more than one person, but not too many, because over over 10, becomes a little bit too, uh, too Too overwhelming. Mm -hmm. It's it's too much, not only for me, but also for the students. um, That it's better to be a little bit more intimate by having uh, these smaller groups together. So, So I do that through my group coaching. I do it through online programs that I've created. And then, you know, other stuff along those lines.
1: Awesome. Well, that all sounds amazing. Now, Let's jump into like talking about. Okay. So we all know with building a six figure or higher business, um, it comes mm-hmm. with a lot of wins, but there's also a lot of challenges. So do you mind just going into a bit more of um, now, like the challenge side to it? Like, what are some of the changes you had to make or some of the challenges that you faced um, along the way? Because I think it can be yeah, really I mean, relatable to the people listening.
2: Yes. I mean, what, what, one of the big things is you, if you're not making six figures yet, uh, the thing is, you have to do things different because you're not going to keep, you're not going to get more success by counseling doing what you're doing now. So you have to be open right. to doing things in, in a different way. And I'm still learning right. that myself. I mean, I, uh, once you get, become six figures, how do you make it into a seven figure business? How do you make it into a MOPA? So everything you have to do, you have to be adaptable and you have to be willing to do things in a different way, uh, even if it makes you uncomfortable. And I would say, probably even especially if it makes you uncomfortable, is that if, you, if you're always going to be comfortable, Comfortable, your your comfort zone is only going to be so big. So you have exactly. to be able to expand your income. You have to expand that comfort zone, and that will require you to take risks. That is going to require you to make investments. So that is going to require you to uh, be adaptable and coachable. And even if it means doing something that you're completely scared of doing, like you still have you to st- you still have to be able to do things that are different.
1: A hundred percent agree with you. There, you got to jump out of your comfort zone to grow. You know, you gotta fail forward. You gotta be open to investing in yourself. Like you know, if you don't take the risks, like you're gonna stay, like you said, in that little spot, and you're not gonna grow. And you know, well, one of some things, of the best uh, things yeah, happen. Uh, from- one of
2: the things that that I did back in the early two thousands was when I was living in Wilmington, North Carolina, and I moved there because I wanted to. Oddly enough, to get into the film industry because the Wilmington is a uh, is a town that has you know they have uh, uh, film studios there and it's also very big uh, in the independent film industry. Okay. And one of the things I uh, wanted to do in film was I did not want to be an actor in front of the camera. I did not want to be lines and you know say that again blah blah blah. I did right. not want to be the, uh, boring uh, behind the camera while I'm setting up you know sets. Like, but I wanted to be involved with film, but I didn't want to be filmed. I didn't want to work as crew like, okay, Okay. what what else is there? I go, well, I wanted to do stunt work. So now I said, I'm going to go do a film set. It could be filming for two months, but I'm only there for three days. And what I've learned, you know, doing stunts is you have to be comfortable at doing things that are uncomfortable. I mean, if you're going to be, hey, we're going to throw you out this four-story window. Okay. (laughs) So, yeah, and the thing is, even though what I learned, even though if I may be scared of something going on, if if you know, if I'm if if I'm there and then all of a sudden you, you hear the director says okay roll camera or silence it's quite unset roll cameras roll sound action and action means I have to go like I don't care how uncomfortable you are you have to go you and gotta go that's what you get paid for it.
1: <laughs> right it doesn't matter you just gotta go ah oh, I can like obviously those are scary times too right you're you're doing all kinds of stuff in them and. um, yeah, no option. You're just like, I gotta go. This is the only way, right?
2: And the thing is, uh, you may mess up. You may screw up, and and that's going to be okay. You know, if film, would you say, okay, I, uh, I take two, take three, take four. So you know, it's okay if you yeah. mess up. Even in real life, uh, when you're looking to grow your business, or do things that uh, um, that's scary. Like for an example, if you're going to, I, I don't like to say, I don't like being on film. I don't want to shoot video. Like, well, go shoot video because you. Part of your brand is your face. And I would say, even in those cases, if you're that afraid of messing up, film yourself and deliberately mess up. Screw it up as much as you want because at least you get it out of your system. At least. So let's take the second take. Let's do the third take. By the time you do it, the fourth or fifth time, your comfort level will actually have increased a little bit. So Yeah, exactly. You've got to fail
1: forward.
2: You've got to fail forward, yes. Fail forward fast is what they say
1: exactly never quit and fail forward because you don't learn otherwise right or you don't grow you know you 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 learn and you grow from you know failing and learn and um going through things instead of just being too afraid to right so awesome okay well thank you for the valuable insight i guess i'm going to start to jump into um A little bit about your podcast that you used to have. Um, You had quite a few episodes and whatnot. So what were your intentional steps when you decided to start that podcast? Like, how did you go about it?
2: I I had a podcast when I was promoting my second book, uh, which the book was called Designing Your Own Destiny. But the thing is, one thing I learned, and I think a lot of people and new podcasters do this, and and I learned the hard way, is that you have to be consistent. And I was my very first uh, podcast, I was extremely inconsistent. I mean, I'll, I'll go and do episodes, like one episode a week for like three weeks. Then I took two months off. Then I do one episode, then I took three months off. So it was very, very inconsistent. So if you're going to do a right. podcast, you have to be consistent. About okay. a year after that was going, after I launched that podcast, it was called Life's Little Lessons. So it means you know, all the little things that you can learn from. Um, right. I decided, like, how can I, because uh, I really want to do an, uh, uh, another podcast. I liked the name Life's No License. Um, I liked the fact that it was L3, you know, because I like the fact, you know, three letters of being the same letter. I mean, there's a lot of little consistencies yeah. of, like that that I like. And one of the things I, I like the name is, like, how can I make sure that I am not going to be inconsistent? How can I know I can be consistent and coming with new material each and every show? And then I realized, I not know how. Have guests on my show, because I'm I'm no longer bringing the content. They're the one bringing the content. I just ask them the same questions over and over again. <laughs> like you know, what are your right. challenges? What are your wins? What you know? What, it, what you know? What um, you know? What what failures did you have, and how did you get past those failures? And so th- that was my show, and yeah. I so I started interviewing other people that were entrepreneurs. So I created mm-hmm. a basically an hour show, an hour long show. Where I interviewed other entrepreneurs, I started out with people that I knew personally, and then they, right. I got referrals to other people. Okay. My the show I, I recorded sixty two episodes for that show for in, in one year, uh, but I released fifty nine of them. And uh, what I realized after I did about thirty or forty episodes was I wanted to do something really, really different for that show. Okay. Like, yeah, I'm interviewing entrepreneurs uh, from you know all over the United States, a couple of Canadians, a couple of people from Mexico is like, how can I really just broaden my show? And I realized, I, I went to other, I would start reaching out to other people, I want to interview other entrepreneurs, but there's one thing that they can't be, that they, they can't have. None of them can be from North America. No more Canadians, no more Americans, oh. no more Mexicans. None. Okay. Like, okay, so, so I would start off with a lady in Venezuela. She led me to people in the UK, people in Australia. I had one guy from Moscow. So I mean- Wow, I, so, I so all interview. the connections
1: that come along from it, right?
2: Yes, and and one of the things I really realized by having an international uh, set of guests was just how similar we all are. Right. No matter what country that we're from, you know, like, you know, I interviewed uh, this guy named Pavel Viergenyuk. He was uh, from Moscow, and he was one of the most respectful uh, people, uh, entrepreneurs that I had on my show. And he grew up with things, people, his parents tell him, money doesn't grow on trees, we can't afford that. But, you know, all of the same stuff that we hear in America and he grew up mm-hmm. in a small town, I think in Northern Russia. And he had, he had a dream one day that one day I'm going to move to Moscow. And he, when I interviewed him, he was a business coach living in Moscow. So he was living his dream. But the thing was like, how, no, how similar we all are, no matter what yeah. country or culture that we that we come from.
1: Absolutely. That's, yeah. We all have yeah. the same, we have a lot of the same struggles and we all, we have similarities. Absolutely. Yes um that's awesome so you said that just touching back on the people you're interviewing and whatnot you had mentioned that a lot of them came from referrals like how how did you find um I know you touched on it a little bit already but can you go a little bit deeper into how like what your client um acquisition looked like like how did you find the right people to interview did they come to you through just through referrals or did you go out looking, Some was like, through
2: referrals done? and then uh i i, I created a, a meme on canva it's just you know, just, you know a little yeah yeah meme on, uh, on canva and i created two or three of them, and i started posting them on on linkedin because i was mainly focusing oh, on okay. business owners so i wanted to go to a place where business right. people work and, and that's then they one came of to my, you one of my, and they came to me yes love it and then i would yeah I would normally, because they were international, I created a calendar link so that we could schedule a time that fits both of our schedules. Because when I was interviewing people in in Australia, I mean, my first Australian person, I was living in Las Vegas at the time. It was Saturday or Friday afternoon, like five o'clock in the afternoon. It was eight o'clock in the morning, her time in Sydney, Australia. So, I mean, we had to, we really had to adjust our time schedules just so that we could both be awake during the time uh, of the interview. Now, Absolutely. a lot of the times what I would do is I would call them on WhatsApp because there were international calls. I'll call them on WhatsApp just to kind of do a pre-interview uh, 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 just to make sure okay. that they were fit. And then I would I would send them the basic questionnaire of, the, of what I was going to ask. Now, at least they were okay. so prepared.
1: So what um, what was your like um, criteria to make sure that they were fit? Like what uh, what kind of questions did you ask them? I'm, or what people were
2: got you the looking same to? Question. What was your fit? Oh, I mean, I was mainly looking for solopreneurs. So these are people that were uh, that were single business owners. Um, they I mean, some of them. I mean, they, they all range from different things. Someone was a software company. Another pro, a woman from Mexico was a was a CPA. I uh, had a lady that okay. was a, a, a Vietnamese refugee. She was a real estate investor in Texas. She had over three hundred units. Um, wow! So just. So I mean I, I wanted people of, of all different kinds of uh, walks of life. And right. the main thing was, and I, you know, I wanted, uh, and I I did tell them to you know, be as real as possible. I mean, I had this one lady, she was she was Russian, but she was living in, in Seattle at the time. And I met her through a okay. personal, another business development course. And uh she she was 31 years old when I met her. She was almost broke and she had she wanted to be a multimillionaire. When I interviewed her one year after I met her, she was already uh, she already had made like over two million dollars by buying and selling oh. websites. Oh
0: so, my gosh!
2: So she was living her dream of of, of learning uh, dance. So I, when I interviewed her, I think she was in San Diego at the time. And she was in the hotel room when we were recording, and I, I remember her show was probably the most touching because she actually broke down in tears on the show, and my my show yeah. was not only audio like you know on most podcasts but it's also had a video component mm-hmm. and i remember when i was talking to her i said hey okay guys i know, I know this is uh, this is a recording but right now galena is uh, is breaking down right now um just give us a few moments uh, to, uh, to to, to right. clear this up and i said this are for those of you that are not able to see her right now because obviously uh, the video that you they would see it and then after the sh- after the recording was over, I asked her specifically, are you okay with everything that we did in the show? Just, did you want to take that one part out? She went, no, I said she was wanting to be real. I'm like, okay, <gasps> so I, left it, so I left it in.
1: That's huge, you know? And honestly, when you're real, that's, people are gonna relate to you, you know? They're gonna relate to the struggles. They're gonna relate to the wins. They're gonna relate to like the life changes and stuff like that. And they can actually see, when there's emotion in it, that's especially relatable, right?
2: In particular case in, in case you guys want to watch the show it's like she was like episode number nine or something of, of my episode nine second season uh, i think she, okay. uh, her name is galena lapina and uh galena when she was buying into the program that got her wealthy she put it on like four different credit cards she had to spread it out you know like ten thousand dollar invest over like four different credit cards it's all that she could do and right. then here it is a year and a half later it paid off and, and paid off in, in, dro- in droves because she took a chance she took the
1: risk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She was willing to invest in herself and take the risk and look how far it took her. Right. Amazing. Mm-hmm. I love it. Um, so back to um, when you had your podcast, um, what was it like, how did it directly affect your business? Like, did it grow your business faster? Did it like, how was it affecting your business?
2: Well, at that time, I was still doing real estate. So it okay. didn't really affect my real estate business so much. But what it what it's, has done in retrospect is what I'm doing now by creating online programs and such like that. It made me very, very comfortable in front of the camera. It may be yeah. okay, you know, knowing how to edit a show, uh, like say mm-hmm. an audio and a video component, uh, uh, editing that. How to increase the sound? Because so I recorded everything through Zoom, kind of like what this call is uh, yeah, as well. right, just like and us. And I went and edited the audio in in a program called Audacity. Um, so so therefore I learned how to. I learned about pacing. I learned about things. Uh, things like that where like oh, i just said uh right there you know taking the uhs out or somebody stutters or and sometimes when somebody yeah. starts a sentence they may say the first three words and they will repeat them so like well let me take those three words out so it right. sounds more clear and more uh clean
1: right absolutely so,
2: it re- so it re- did the podcast really helped me out did not help me out financially at the time that i had the show but since okay. the show it's definitely helped me out with the with the skills of of, of working with audio and video and being comfortable with creating programs, online programs. Right,
1: awesome, that's incredible. Yeah, like it really can help grow you in any any way, right? Whether it's financially or just as a person and and learning new things, right? So. Um, that's why I love what's podcasts. Not only
2: that, I'm so uh, by having the guests, having such varied set of people of guests, especially being all, across the world, it really t- opened up my eyes even more so to how other people live and and just meeting other people and sharing their experiences and learning from their experiences. Right. So I mean, I, I right. think having a podcast, especially where, where you interview other people, is one of great is is is, is extremely rewarding.
1: Absolutely. Um, so what, um, I guess my next question would be, how do you go about monetizing like your website and everything like that?
2: Monetizing your website. I mean, I mean, everybody's business is going to be different. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, it depends what you're doing. Uh, to, to monetize your website, I mean, you've got to get your face out there. You got to get your name out there. Uh, that will there. require, if you really, if you really want to monetize it, it's going to. You have to be comfortable with the video. You have to be uh, comfortable being online. This could be doing a TikTok, a YouTube video, uh, what you know, whatever it is. You have to be able to get out there and just get your name known. Now, there's other right. things that you're going to have to do. If you don't know how, know how to do it, hire somebody to do it. And that's going to be working on your SEO. That's going okay. to mean creating a lot of content of putting out there. Back when I did real estate, I also shot video back then. I started shooting video in two thousand nine, uh, as I was going to the real estate course. Where I want this little device, I forever. It was a flip camcorder. If I remember what those.
1: Okay. Are. Yeah.
2: So those are those little square little boxes. Excuse me, rectangular yeah, little boxes flip. that had a little lever on the. Right. And I'll pump a, a USB connection. That you can hook to your, uh, p- uh, plug into your uh, your laptop. Right. Now, with that, yeah, I know with exactly what you're
1: talking
2: doing, about. Well, I mean, if you had the video, this this was the actual device right here.
1: Oh, <laughs> so, <laughs> you still have um, it. I love it.
2: I still have it.
1: Interesting. Um,
2: but the thing is, uh, I sh- started shooting video of that and um and it's just you know after you've done uh, one or 200 videos i mean you get very comfortable with being in front of the camera and what happened for me was i would go and put it on youtube and then i'll backlink the youtube link to my website now backlinks are huge Mm -hmm. in in your seo and your search engine optimization when you have one or 200 youtube videos that are linked to your website and you keep those links active and that's going to help when people start doing keyword searches for your name. They're going to start seeing um, uh, your your site's going to be is going to have a higher ranking because of all the links going to, especially if they're coming from a third party source like YouTube or right. Pinterest or you know, uh, Instagram or right. whatever. So it's you no, know, it's so to monetize yourself is that you definitely have to go out there and create content and make sure those yeah. links work. That's going to make your that's going to make your website stand out more. Now, if you have a website that you do nothing with, you don't write any blogs, you don't have any links going to it, that website is going to be so dead nobody will ever find it. No matter right. how many keywords you put into the in the meta tags or a blog you might write once every once in a while if you don't have that then you, you just uh, nobody's ever going to find you even if they type in your name specifically they may still not find you you have yeah, to have exactly name.
1: absolutely now um how do you did, you did you hire people to help you out with that and stuff or how did you go about that did you do it all yourself
2: I did it myself because I wanted to learn how to do it. I wanted to learn the, right. uh, the, you know, what um, you know, what the tasks were and, and that. After that, then you can decide if you want to hire somebody else to do it. But now you know what it's supposed to look like. You have an idea how long right. it's going to take. Yeah, an and example, maybe just right? hiring
1: to take off the plate to give you more time for other things where yes. you needed, right? But at least yes. you learn how to do Eventually,
2: it. You learn how to do it so you understand how it's done. Then you can go in, uh, and, and yeah. uh, hire somebody else to do it. For an example, if I went ahead and recorded, uh, let's say when I when I recorded pa- Pavel, um, it was an hour long show. Well, for me to edit an hour long show, for me to listen to an hour long show is going to take an hour. For me to yeah. edit an hour long show is going to probably take me six hours because yeah. I have to go back and then I'm I'm listening to what he said. Like, well, maybe I should take out that quarter second pause because it's, it's, he's talking too slowly. So, you know, so you learn all these little these little nuances. So, it's going to take me about six hours. Then back then, I had an older computer. I mean, it was new at the time, but the older computer. So, when I was rendering the show, it would take another 20, 30 minutes to do all the rendering. So, for right. an hour show, it took me about seven to eight hours. Now, if I went ahead and hired uh, Brittany here and she was an expert, at this uh, here's my hour long show. Number one, you never heard of the show, even that specific episode. So, you're going to a cold. Uh, So, I know, for an example, I know you're not going to get it done in in 90 minutes. I know. No. It took me six hours. So, so I know you're not going to do it. So, now I know. Because you've already done it. You've
1: done this before. Mm -hmm.
2: Yes. Absolutely. And and then when I decided to create my online programs, I now know what, what is required as far as the editing and recording aspect of things.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. I really like how you, you, Learn, do the learning first. You know what needs to be done, and then you can pass along to someone else. You know, and you know what's to be expected, and everything like that. And you're just growing the whole time, right? Even if you're not still doing that stuff, you know how. <laughs> you know, that's interesting. Well, I mean,
2: if you've got the finances uh, to do it from the onset, go definitely go ahead and do that. I mean, why would you do your own bookkeeping if you don't have to? Um, right. But the thing is, if you're just starting out and you're looking to grow, yes, learn how to do it, and then and then hire somebody else to do it.
1: Yeah. I like that. Yeah, I like that. Now, what would you say your biggest, okay. So over the years, what has been the biggest challenge? I know we talked about challenges, but what would you say has been the biggest challenge when continuing to grow these six-figure multiple six-figure six businesses?
2: Well, one of the things I would strongly suggest everybody do is to become an author, you know, write a book. No, I hired a coach when I wrote my technically it was my second book because I've written four, even though I only promote three because one book was on real estate. So I don't count that one. Yeah. Um when, so when I was writing my second book, I you know, I, I hired a, I I hired a coach and an editor and a graphic designer and a, a formatter. You know, so all those aspects of the books were done. But one right. of the things I realized that if you're going to be anything in, in, in whatever industry that you're going to be in, if you're going to be that top person, you want to be the, the authority in that business. Well, the word author is derived from the word authority.
0: Mm-hmm. So if you're going, mm-hmm. if you
2: really want to get your name out there, that is becoming an author. Um, I think is one of the biggest things. And don't skimp on that. You know, hire people to help you on that. Because if you've ever were in college and you wrote a term paper or English paper for your class, you let somebody else read it and they're going to pick it apart like, well, I don't understand what you said. I don't understand what you mean here. So you can only look at it from your own perspective. You need somebody else right. to do it. Now, by being the author, that's going to help you in the long run because it's going to help you uh, book stages. It's going to help you. It, it, you can be using. You can give the book away as a free lead magnet for or as a freebie for somebody uh, buying into one of your programs. So, to mm-hmm. me, one of the first things I think most people should do, if they're especially they're, if they are an industry expert, is to write a book on that on that topic, right? Showing that showcase that you are the expert in that industry.
1: Yeah, that's where your expertise lie. Okay, so Mm -hmm. writing a book. Now, what was your biggest challenge with writing the books?
2: Well, my second book, I mean, it it was... um, Because I remember when I was writing my second book, I wanted it to be about an inch and a half thick, you know, six by nine, inch and a half thick, Mm -hmm. thick, which comes out to be about fifty to 60,000 words. And that includes title and that's how many words in your word file okay when I wrote the, the book the first draft um uh, is I ended up being uh, about 30,000 words so I finally I put it all out there you know outlined the book I wrote the book wrote the right. first draft and then looked at like oh my god I gotta double this <laughs> how am I gonna double this and um so the thing is that the, the biggest challenge uh, in writing a book, in my opinion, is too many people when they start writing is that they actually try to make the first and second chapters perfect, instead of just writing it. Right. So, okay. So, the, so what I learned from my coach was, you know, you outline your book so you have an idea what's going to be in there so you have like what stories are going to go where. So it's just a very, very rough outline. And then just uh, and then just write the books. And say, he says when you're done with your first draft, it's gonna be the biggest piece of crap out there. Nobody, I mean it is gonna be just crap, just complete crap.
1: Okay,
2: and think and that's okay because you, you go and fix it in the second and third drafts. If you exactly. got exactly leave those misspellings in there. If you got get it out
1: there first, just what get you it did. Out you.
2: Okay, exactly. And and that to me help me with my third and fourth books. And uh, so it just, right. it's just just getting through that first draft. And, right. and that can be challenging because you may be in chapter three, like, oh, I should have said this in chapter one. I'm like, nope, just write it down here in chapter three, maybe reference right. it, it's going to go back in chapter one and just keep writing. So it's it's getting past that need to make things perfect the first time around.
1: Exactly. And that's going to be
2: true with the business, with anything you do in business. It's just, just even if you're creating your first website, Go ahead and just, just create the project, whatever. It may look like crap. Okay. No, who cares? Nobody's seeing it yet. You're not promoting it yet. I mean, why? Who cares?
1: And exactly. Just,
2: just get past that first time of doing anything. Like, even if you're going to shoot a, a series of videos, go and shoot videos. I don't care if you stutter, you trip, you know, you. you the Be real with and the yourself and just who do it. cares? <laughs> just do yeah, it. Yeah. It. It's
1: getting over that fear, right? That's a big, I find exactly. that's a huge thing. Just getting past that fear because it's holding you back, <laughs> you know? So well,
2: I, I remember hiring somebody, a friend of mine, a, a, the daughter of a friend of mine to go shoot some ho- housing videos. And she was really nervous. Like, well, here, here's one way to get past that. Shoot your own house. Stand outside your front door, introduce the house and walk through the house. You're not going to do anything. you just go delete it, but just, just go do just it and understand it. how it works.
1: <laughs> yeah, love it. Okay, my friend. So, based on where you are today, if you were like in your business, if you were to say double or triple your revenue and profit in one year, what would you have to change, and what are the new challenges that might occur?
2: I when I say new challenges, I don't know exactly when this is going to come up. So, I I usually try to do videos as evergreen, but right now this is post COVID, just a couple of years uh, after COVID shut down the right. entire world and, and this country yeah. is that you need to have a very strong online presence. I mean, one of the things like, I mean, I went to my very first uh, 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 seminar or conference in three, four years. And that was just, you know, just a few days ago. It's like, it okay. felt good being there again, but I realized most people are, have gotten used to Zooms calls, Skype calls, you know, uh, Skype for business or whichever platform that you're using is getting used to doing things that are online. So if you're going to grow your business, you have to be used you have to be okay with creating webinars, creating courses, creating whatever that you're going to be doing online. And if you, if you want to double your business, you have, you have to go outside your area. You, Mm -hmm. You can't just, I mean, it doesn't even matter what you're doing, unless you're doing something that's very physical, like say giving massages or stylists or something like that where you have to be physically there but if you don't have to be physically there you have to be okay with going online and if you right. can't even get outside of your own country now not only your own state and city but also even your own country
1: mm-hmm. I agree I that's that's how I grew I moved to Costa Rica two years over two years ago and like I'm a total different person I've grown so much and so I absolutely agree with what you're saying
2: Well, and that's another thing. Like what you just said, one of my biggest growth things that happened to me was when I was uh, in my teens when I joined the United States Navy. And nineteen years old, I'm now stationed in Yokosuka, Japan. I'm stationed on ship on you know in another Mm -hmm. country where I'm six foot tall. I'm white. I'm taller than most people around. I go to the train (laughs) station. I definitely stick out like a sore thumb. I don't read the Japanese language. I don't read kanji. You know the the Chinese characters. Right, right. So go immerse yourself in another culture. Like you going right. to Costa Rica, mm-hmm. or if you if you're on the, if you live on the wealthy side of town, go to the poor side of town. If you're on the poor side of town, go Actually, to the wealthy side of exactly. town.
1: Exactly. Just exactly. I mean, just get out go there. To China just town. Go to Chinatown.
2: Go to the Mexican town. Just go experience uh, another culture, especially if you don't speak the same language. I mean, you're going to learn so much by how, by communicating with somebody else that doesn't speak your language and you don't speak theirs. I mean, I was once Absolute. in China. Uh, where i was negotiating with the chinese uh, shopkeeper where i wanted to buy some chopsticks and advocates and a little calculator thing and a chinese flag and a t-shirt this is back in 1988 Mm -hmm. and he didn't speak english i didn't speak chinese and i know in the chinese culture at least i'm assuming that uh that the sticker price is not the price it's always you can always a bargain
1: absolutely i think anywhere in any of those so, t- little so countries yeah
2: going to another country where you're bargaining but you don't speak it there was not one single word said between us <laughs> so it was all hand <laughs> gestures and, <laughs> and what have you or hey. uh, there's times i went to uh I, go to, I was in japan i walk into a restaurant and everything's in kanji she doesn't speak a word of english i don't speak or read japanese like how do you order from a menu where you don't know anything
1: <laughs> exactly hey how many do you how many uh languages do you know
2: I know very little Japanese and even less uh, Spanish, but uh, English yeah. is my main, it's my primary. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, I know, same with me. I, I know very, I know the basics of French and basics of Spanish, but English is my my only, like that I actually fully know, right? So uh, yeah. Okay, my friend, we're getting close to the end of the interview here, uh, but I do have one more question. Uh, what is your biggest focus and desire for this next year for your business? because
2: um, I because basically I just, I've switched gears this year from working in real estate to working with people uh, in general. And my main focus right now is to launch my uh, my upcoming workshops that, that I have coming on. So this this first one is probably going to be live, but then my future ones on a quarterly basis will be virtual. Uh, we'll okay. probably have them be virtual, have them be live. And then just, you know, taking my coaching business uh, um, to the next, uh, to the next level. I, I've got, I, uh, I just have hired a- two coaches that are assisting me.
1: Oh, okay. Yes. So that's, what's your roadmap to the next level? Is it the coaches that you hired helping you get there? Or what is your, what is your plan? Uh,
2: my plan is to... Uh, to launch my other my new group uh, coaching programs, as right. well as my online programs uh, that I've uh, that I've and created, and I'm, to, and I'm still going and I'm still actually uh, creating. So I've, yeah. I've got I've got four so that i still uh, I've, uh, at this at the time of this recording. I have four that have been uh, recorded and, and that have been launched, and I have uh, the outline of three more
1: Amazing. that I'll be putting
2: together. And then I want, those will probably lead, lead into other uh, bigger programs as well.
1: Exactly. Well, I love all of it and thank you so much for jumping on today, Kevin, Um, sharing your valuable insights because I know a lot of people listening will relate to that. So thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to do this. Um, It was a great, great interview. And if anyone's looking to connect with you or take a look at your sites and programs, what would be the best way for them to reach you?
2: Well, two different uh, websites so the first one uh my 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 coaching and training one that's going to be uh the name of my, the name of my company which is optimal performance academy.org that's optimal performance that way you can see all the coaching programs that i have on there my upcoming workshops and things along those lines right my uh, the other website is where you can find my podcast and uh, that's going to be just my name it's kevin a Dunlap.com again that's Kevin a Dunlap.com. and then if you go under media you will see season one season two and then the, uh, and, and then a link to other uh, podcasts that I've been on on other people's shows uh, is, all, is all on
1: there. Awesome. Okay well thank you so much again Kevin and grip if you're listening and liked please uh it, if you're listening and enjoyed the podcast, please go like and subscribe. If you're a six-figure entrepreneur or higher and want to come on the podcast to get interviewed, just like Kevin did, uh, we would love to do it. Please go to podcastrebels.com. And um, thanks again, everybody, for listening in. And we'll catch you on the next episode. Thanks so much, Kevin. Bye.
2: Bye, everybody.
0: Hey, everyone. I hope you really enjoyed that episode. As always, if you want to listen to more daily interview content, make sure you subscribe. And here's three ways I can help you in your business for free